You're listening to Vancouver Hoops Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Nobody. Alright, welcome to another edition of Vancouver Hoops. I'm joined today by a very special guest, Levon, from the Virgin Islands. How are you doing, Levon? Doing good so far, man. First time though, we'll see how it goes. Good to see you, uh, Fawns, the uh, uh, Vancouver Hoops legend, uh, Brandon, is there from the beginning. Welcome it's in, everybody. Back. It's good to be back. So let's get started. Uh, it's, it's been a while since we recorded a podcast, partly because um, I was just very depressed after the NBA Finals, and it's taken me this long to work up enough energy to get out of bed to record a podcast because LeBron James won a title again. So our first topic is reaction to Lakers winning the championship. First of all, Pat Riley said there should be an asterisk beside it. Just as a <laughs> bit of conversation material, we'll get started with you, Brandon. What's your reaction to the Lakers winning the championship this year? Uh, I felt that um, the finals itself is, you know, Miami you know, did the best they could with their, uh, their roster. It's, it's unfortunate they didn't have a full complement of players. But, um, yeah, it was disappointing as a Clipper fan to watch the Lakers uh, walk away with another title here. Um, in terms of the, the asterisks part of it, um, I don't know. That's an interesting comment by Riley because I think sports in general this year is always going to be a little bit tainted, uh, whether it's the Dodgers winning the World Series on a shortened season, uh, the hockey as well with Tampa Bay. Um, I think we'll always look at 2020 with a little bit of skepticism because we didn't really get a full season for everybody, right? So, but in the end, um, LeBron gets his fourth title, which I know that disappoints you very much. Fonz? Congratulations to all the Lakers fans. You guys have waited a long time for this. You deserve it. Um is it an asterisk? Does it count as a regular championship? We'll never know. Everybody has their opinions. I have my opinion. Um, I think that, as Brandon said, obviously there are certain things that, I mean, there's a lot of factors. There was a lot of teams that didn't make it due to injury, didn't even make it to the bubble. Uh, the Warriors were not a factor. The Nets obviously were a team that wasn't even complete. Like they, they were missing both Kyrie and oh, KD and they did pretty decent in the first round um so at the end of the day they got the chip but there were a lot of factors that could have contributed to them getting that chip but hey at the end of the day a win is a win Levon the season was entertaining of course at every season that has ever, ever happened, there's going to have an asterisk. This one might be a little bit larger than the others. The LeBron-led team, he secured his fourth title. It won't be his last. I look forward to the next season that is coming. But certain teams had players that were hurt. They're going to recuperate. They're going to deliver in this next season. We're going to see how certain pivotal players interact with each other. Many people, one of my friends is looking forward to the Knicks. 
because Kyrie and Katie are going to deliver two different styles of play. Kyrie is one of the best handlers in the game, in my opinion. But I look forward to this year. I think that the Lakers are going to secure another win. We're going to see Golden State. They have been demoted to Silver State. They might become Bronze State. We don't know. But <laughs> I, I really look forward to it, and it'll be interesting. Nice. So we brought we brought LeBron in here because he's a LeBron supporter, a LeBron sympathist. <laughs> and we needed to, we needed to balance the hate a little bit for the viewers out there. So we'll see what what uh, what LeBron has in store for us later on. But I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say, I think the Lakers had like the best team. It seemed like in the playoffs. I I won't say it's an asterisk from a talent perspective. But then again, all LeBron's championships have an asterisk because he always has the most talented team. This year in particular, though, there's a few anomalies. I can't even say that word. Anomalies <laughs> that kind of made it feel a little weird. There was like a four and a half month layoff where all of a sudden, you know, they could get fresh legs and just go straight into the playoffs. Right. So that kind of helped them. Uh, then you had the fact that the Clippers got eliminated in the second round. The Clippers were kind of built to take on the Lakers. So they had they had a fairly easy path. Um, you had, you know, they played Denver instead of Clippers. In the finals, they played Miami instead of Milwaukee, right? They, they were playing w- winners of upsets that beat the teams they were supposed to go through. And those, those teams couldn't recapture the same magic and take down the Lakers. Another anomaly was the Lakers were the biggest team by far. And every team's best strategy strategy was let's play small ball so they had six foot six jay crowder on anthony davis they had pj tucker on anthony davis lakers were just feasting on small guys the entire playoffs we never saw a team like actually stand up to them with a big man so to me it it felt really easy like i didn't have much doubt the lakers were going to take this championship um but it happened and yeah man i felt kind of sick about it but you know there's always next year. <laughs> so we're going to revisit that in a little bit, but we're going to talk about now as we're entering the NBA offseason, the accelerated offseason. We know that the season is now starting on December 22nd, 72 games. Draft is in next week and uh, trade rumors are starting to fly in. So a few names, uh, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Victor Oladipo. We're going to visit each one of these. First of all, Chris Paul. Brandon, where should Chris Paul go? If it's a short term thing, uh, I don't like to see players go back to former teams, but I think he might help the Clippers um, because really they're looking for a ball distributor. I think that would be a, if he wants to win now, that might be the best setup for him. But the interesting one I thought about would be Phoenix. Preach. It, it's just because it can teach Booker how to be a leader. Chris Paul's done a great job in OKC uh, with their younger talent. So that would be an interesting setup for him. There's no pressure to win, but he could, uh, you know, do a lot of things long-term for the Suns in their development. Okay, I'm going to jump in here because, uh, of course, Phoenix is my team. It's close to my heart. Okay, Chris Paul's 35. He's injury-prone. He's making $41 million per year. This year, 45 Next year, it would take a lot to trade for him. Um, he's not going to last too long. That being said, Suns got to trade for him, man. Uh, they haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. Ricky Rubio can raise your floor, but he also caps you at a certain ceiling because he can't shoot the ball. So they need to get off of him as soon as possible. 
he had a, a good year this year. It's time to move on, get someone better. Chris Paul. They'll they'll be they'll get a bit more national attention. They might even be on national TV a few times more with Chris Paul. Um, they're, they're probably going to make the playoffs even in a stacked West with Chris Paul. So by all means, you got to get this guy. And then in a couple years when his contract runs out, you know, he'll probably move on, sign somebody else. But, you know, this is Devin Booker's sixth year. He's not made the playoffs, right? Like he's going to want to want out soon unless they do something. So this is the year they got to do something, whether it's Chris Paul or somebody else. Chris Paul might be the best option right now. Levon? It depends on where Chris Paul is really is in his career. 35 years old, arguably in his sunset years. What does he want at that bracket in salary? It's either two things gonna happen. He either gets cut down the salary and he goes and he decides, I wanna get that chip. Because, I mean, frankly, he's a good role player. He's one of the best teammates. He's not a Westbrook, he's not hogging the ball. He comes in during the crunch time. And honestly, when on the, when the Rockets final, I felt Chris Paul was putting everything on the line to try to get a championship. You know, I wasn't feeling that from the other players on the team. So what does Chris Paul want right now in his career? Is it the money or is it the championship? So it's hard for if you're making $45 million a year to get that cut in half, to get that cut to $10 million. I don't think when he sees that check and he's talking to the accountant, he's like, oh, I can't do it. So that's what I feel right now. That's where he is. Does he want to be another car? I want to say Carmelo. No one can be Carmelo. <laughs> he was a special case. But what does he want right now for the next three years? That's what I think. He can go to the Sun, Devin Booker, he's young, he's a bit inexperienced in my opinion, but what does he want? Fonts? I want to see him on the Suns too. Nice. That would be, it would be good for Devin Booker to see somebody who has experience because Ricky Rubio is a quote unquote vet but he's only a vet because of the amount of years that he's been in the league. He's not a vet due to skill or leadership ability. He's more so a vet because he's, I mean, he's played overseas. He's played here. He's been in the league for how long now? Almost 10 years, right? If not more, but he's not really. Minnesota took him instead of Curry. (laughs) He's not really a player who you can build a franchise around. And he's not really a player who has, I want to say, the right to kind of try to step up and teach Booker to say, hey, man, come here, let me let me show you this. This is how this works. He doesn't really have the rights to do that. Whereas somebody like Chris Paul comes in, he can sit down with Booker and he's a guy that Booker is going to respect. He's not washed up. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he's done an amazing job, even at his age. I mean, when he was with the Rockets, the Rockets were arguably doing a lot better than they were before they were with him. And then he goes to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma excelled this year also, considering what they had to work with. So I think that it would be a really good growth opportunity for Devin Booker um, in terms of learning and gaining experience for – to be and become a better leader and player overall. Um, okay, so let's move on here. So Russell Westbrook, where should Russell Westbrook go? We'll start with Fonz. 
Yeah, uh, Levon, I just want to say I was a bit hurt earlier when you, you kind of trash talk Westbrook earlier. That's the Brody right there, man. Oh. Um, I You know what I think? I think, Westbrook, I think could, Westbrook should come to Toronto. Ooh, cause, cause just just for a bit of context, there's rumors that he kind of doesn't want to play with Harden anymore. ESPN reported today. Yeah, he. I I want to see him in Toronto, cause Toronto, what Toronto lacks at this point is energy. They've got great leadership with Kyle Lowry. Um, they have the you. They have. A bunch of young guys. They've got Siakam, Van Vliet, Powell. Um, but I think that they lack a bit of... And, and it, it really showed this year in the playoffs. What they lack is push. Somebody... There's a lot of times when they just seem like they're kind of lost. Especially the half court. Not bad in transition, but at the half court, it seems like they're kind of lost. They don't know what to do. They're kind of indecisive. About, should I drive? Should I shoot? Should, should, we, should we do this? Should we do that? What they kind of need is someone at this point to just be like, you know what, just take the ball and take it to the rim or just shoot it. And although Westbrook is, I will admit, quite hot-headed, he is good when it comes to making split decisions like that. You never see Westbrook hesitating as of what what, did, what do I want to do? Do I want to drive? Do I want to shoot? Whether he bricks or whether he gets blocked, he still knows what he's going to do. He knows whether he's going to drive. He knows whether he's going to shoot. And he's the kind of guy that pushes his teammates. You're never going to see him like high-fiving somebody for doing something wrong. You're always going to see him trying to lift somebody's head up, lift their chin up. And he's always going to be pulling his teammates to the side or pulling them to the corner, trying to talk to them and talk to them and see, okay, well, you, you got to step it up or you got to do this. And at this point, Toronto needs that because they have all the key pieces they need to get into the finals, maybe even win a championship. But they're just, they look, they, they looked this year like they lacked drive. Like they lacked the spark that they had last in last year's championship run. And who in this league has more of a spark than Russell Westbrook? Fair enough. Uh, Levon, where do you think Russell Westbrook should go? This is that's a tough the, one. That, that's the enigma. Fonz is correct. No one else in this league has the spark, the California wildfire, like Russell Westbrook. One stamina, stamina up and down the court for days. I, I don't know if he's a robot, but it comes down to it where the best player, the strongest player, the best shooter on the team, that does not mean an elite on the team. So where does Westbrook lay in that regard? I don't know if it's still up for competition if there's a Kevin Durant or Westbrook rivalry or whatever the case may be. I personally didn't like Kevin Durant when he went to Golden State, but at the same time, he secured his cash and the chips, the finals. So Westbrook needs to flash, he needs to be able to flash some rings here. So I don't think that a team can be a contender and Westbrook goes to any team and he's able to mold onto that team and be under the leadership of a GM or a captain to then deliver that they can be final contenders. But, and Fon is very correct. In that split decision, he will always make the shot. 
He will always make the shot. And if he doesn't make it or not, he'll take the heat during the interview. He will. But he needs to pass the ball more. He needs to get the team around him and deliver. Because people say LeBron doesn't take the shots in the final. He always gives it. But he goes to, to the finals and they win the chip. But I just don't see Westbrook doing that on any team, really. I, and my, my bet, one of my best friends who I grew up with is a diehard Westbrook fan. If he heard me right now, he would fly into a rage. <laughs> but I'm going to always give him Westbrook is a hard worker, hard stamina, hard worker. When, they write, when he really wants to win, he will get the win. But I just don't know what parts that come together to make him get that win. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, Fonz, I, I should say this uh, to the listeners. We're recording the podcast using Zoom. Yes. We have a beautiful podcast studio, but there's a pandemic going on. And so I'm sorry, the audio quality might, might not be as great. But you know what? ESPN's using Zoom too, right? And they got billions of dollars. So what can what can we do about it? Fonz has raised his hand. I feel like he has comments to do with LeVon's statement. No? No, no, not a comment. I don't want to take from Brandon's time to speak. I just want to, I'm just very curious as to how LeBron came into the mix. In that <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, hey, I was just, I was laughing because, you know, he's saying when LeBron gets to the finals, he, he wins the chip. I'm like, well, some of the time. <laughs> Four out of what? Seven, eight? Some, no, yeah, something like that. Um, anyways, Here's a word for you. Arduous. Russell Westbrook has an arduous contract. There's two things working against him. One, his very distinct, unique style of play, his personality, and his arduous contract, which will hamstring the team, the salary cap of any team that acquires him. For this reason, I don't know if he can win a championship, not to mention his, his questionable decision-making. I love him as a player. I love his drive. I love his competitiveness. I love his athleticism. As uh, as they say, he's box office. But I, I can't see him winning a championship. He's like, he's early 30s now, 30, 31, with a huge contract. Like, I don't even know where he should go. Like, Houston is probably, he should probably just stay where he is. He wants out, but is there a better situation out there? I don't think there is. So I'm just going to say, stay where you are. Brandon? Yeah, like everyone has said, uh, he's a hard fit on any team. But in reality, the only team he could really work on is the Lakers. Because LeBron is a bigger personality than him. And I think that's the only thing that will stabilize his skill set and his attitude. The only other team might be Miami because Jimmy Butler's not afraid to get in someone's face if they're not you know, buying into the team concept. But other than those two strong personalities like Butler and James, I don't see him fitting anywhere. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Miami's that interesting fit that could work with Pat Riley. <clears throat> Anyways, um, moving on. James Harden, the beard. Um, rumor has it that if Russell Westbrook gets out, James Harden's going to be left in Houston. Um, and he, he doesn't want that. So he's probably going to want out too. Where should he go? We start with you, Brandon. The only team I can think about is uh, New York. What, Knicks or Nets? The Knicks. Because I don't think he really really he really wants to win, to be honest. Oh. It's just about it's just about points with him. That's it. 
we're losing you a bit there brandon all right we're having yeah. some technical difficulties in the studio here brandon is gonna we're gonna reach out to brandon later on in the show we, we go to fawns where should james harden get traded to the question is where can he get traded to i mean he is half of a team's salary cap easy and at this point him going anywhere and having to i mean wherever he goes you're gonna have to try to rebuild the team around him and at this point i think most teams aren't really looking for somebody to build around they're they're already there's teams out there that are rebuilding yes but they're already in the process of rebuilding look at the uh the pelicans you have uh the trailblazers you have the timberwolves these are teams that are they've been rebuilding for the past two or three years there's no real team that has the capacity to say okay let's throw away five of our guys bring harden in and make everybody play around him it's not working in houston no other general manager in the right mind is going to try to imitate that blueprint it's not a successful blueprint i think he's if he wants to go anywhere he's gonna really have to change his whole style of basketball he's done it before i mean this james harden isn't the james harden we saw in oklahoma obviously i mean he's changed his style he could do it again but at this point it's gonna be hard he's already tainted as a choker um so it's it's gonna be really hard for him to pick up that momentum and for another team to actually say hey we want this guy Plus, it's going to be hard for Houston to let go of him just because of the fact that they've built their whole, what, past five, six years around him. So unless they themselves are willing to rebuild and say, hey, we'll give you this guy for a couple of role players, it's not going to happen. Fair enough, man. Um, not unlike the previous two players we talked about Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, James Harden basically has the same contract as these guys. So I was making 41, 45, uh, 48 million in his player option three years from now. So again, you're right. He's going to take half the salary cap. That being said, I'm going to pull up Phoenix again. <laughs> I couldn't sleep the last couple of nights. Just, just daydreaming, I guess, night dream, dreaming about the possibilities of James Harden and Devin Booker in the same backcourt. They, they have the cast to pull it off. And that would be an electric duo. The problem is, unlike Chris Paul, um, Houston's going to want like a King's Ransom for James Harden. They're going to want like a, a star player, a young prospect, and like three first-round picks, at least, I, I would imagine. And I, I don't know if I would do that if I was the Suns. Chris Paul, you, you could probably get him for cheap, right? Because he's old in his contract. But um, James Harden, no. Um, there's talks about maybe him going to Philly. Uh, a swap with Ben Simmons. And again, Ben Simmons, that's a huge price to pay. So I'd love to see him as a son. He played his college ball in Arizona. Um, the Suns would be on TV every night like they were with Nash, Stoudemire, and Marion, and my life would be better. But I, I don't see it happening. Um, but yeah, LaVon, take us home. Where's Harden going? Harding is going nowhere. <laughs> Good call. That people are even entertaining that is just, it baffles me. 
Um, I'll never forget that Kobe interview where they asked him, what is the potential of James Harden winning any championships? And he told him, he told him flat out, excellent score will always make top scoring every year, but he's not securing any chips. It, it's simple as that. And for any team to take James Harden and build around him would be foolish. And to imagine to be a young player on, the, on his team, he's taking up so much salary cap and you know you're not going to make a championship. You know you're not going to, even if you make the finals. I mean, I can't even describe that. I can't describe that the Houston Rockets choke because I don't even feel that they choke. The food just goes down, lodges in the throat, and just keels over and dies. So, so um, I, James Harden will put up the points. He'll put up the points. He'll have a little, you know, little... His face will show a little, you know, confusion, but I just don't see him going anywhere. I don't see any team building around him, giving him that salary cap, unless they're just going to make a lot more money in terms of seating and revenue and shirts and jerseys. I just don't see any benefit of getting him at all. Good stuff, man. So we go to our last one. For the sake of time, we're just going to keep this one real brief. And no one really wants to talk about Victor Oladipo for long anyways. So just it, it, one one word, pick a team. Where should Oladipo go? I'm going Lakers. I've r- rumored for Kuzma and Danny Green. Like he would make them really good as much as I hate to say it. That would be a good fit if he's healthy. Lakers for me. Fonz? Just throw him in Chicago. Okay. Brandon? Milwaukee. Milwaukee? Uh-huh. Ooh. Ooh, Yeah. Funny enough, I think Milwaukee too. So you're saying Chris Middleton is not a second banana? (laughs) (laughs) Good call. All right, so that's what we think about Victor Oladipo. So we're going to go to our next segment. It's called Slam Dunk, Layup, Foul, or Flagrant. So Levon, this is slam dunk means it's a great idea. Flagrant means it's terrible. Layup and foul or somewhere in between. So we rate the headline. We got five here. So the first one, Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey to Philadelphia. Brandon is a flagrant. No, no, no. I got this. I got a tech on him and a tech on him. Flagrant. Oh, man. Tell us why. Uh, I'm a bitter Clippers fan, so I don't wish uh, any success for no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I just think that, uh, you know, I don't think Doc was the right coach for this. He's, uh, as we've talked about on podcasts in the past, um, he's just too soft on his players. And that's not what Simmons and Embiid need at this time. Uh, Maury's an interesting hire because he is uh, interest, interesting in terms of the lineups he puts together. But he hasn't really, again, there hasn't been any championships resulting from that. So, I don't know. I think Philly's just kind of just going in circles, to be honest. Levon? Where do I even start? One of the biggest flagrants in the NBA. No, no, no! <laughs> um, I don't think there's any player that upsets me more than Embiid. There's no one right now. There's no one. To be that size, that power, that, that reach... And for him to just constantly feel like he jokes around on the court. So for Doc Rivers to go there, honestly, I think we're in an age right now in the NBA that these are grown men. These are multimillionaires. If you are not motivated to go on a basic diet, a regimen, 
to come with your body to give the maximum ability to secure the revenue dollars and get your team to the finals, nothing can get these guys in order, no matter what coach it is. We're just not in, you know, we're not in the bad boy pissing days. We're not in the Chicago Bulls days anymore where a coach can just go behind the, close the door and say, listen, you're, you're getting us together or you're off the team. You know, the, the coaches are just there to shepherd the players. Hey, get on the plane, do whatever they want. So I feel Philly is just turning in circles and going down the drain because no player can just look each other in the eye and say, dude, get your act together. We're going to get Ben Simmons isn't doing it and Bede isn't doing it. No one can help those two. <laughs> Fonz? Uh, I, I'm going to say flagrant too. No, no, no. Flagrant as well or flagrant too? Because flagrant two is like a whole separate. No, fun. just. We I haven't mean, even. <laughs> we haven't even introduced that. Was no, there. No, I'll, I'll stick to your rules. E- excessive and, and unnecessary contact. Just, I mean, I, honestly, Embiid's a joke. Horford at this point <laughs> is a joke. Oh, man. Ben jump shot is also a joke. And what do you, what mean, jump shot? He hasn't taken one. And and uh, Doc Rivers is also a joke. So like, <laughs> Philadelphia is just a happy meal put together. Like that's all it is. <laughs> I, I mean, no. and I feel bad because because they do have some talent. They're not bad. Tobias Harris actually annoys me. And he annoyed me a lot um, last season in Toronto's championship run because Tobias Harris was the reason why I actually got scared and thought that they weren't going to make it out of the, the, the East. Uh, Josh Richardson, he's also a joke. Every, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the roster now. Pretty much everyone is, is a joke. They even got this one dude named Ryan Brokoff who just looks like a Costco version of Steve Nash. Like <laughs> Philadelphia is just a happy meal, just a bunch of like chicken nuggets and French fries. And, and it's just all smashed together. And with Doc Rivers now, I think, I think Phil- the GM and Philadelphia realize that they're a joke and they're just like, Oh, well, let's make it even funnier. This will be the punchline bringing Doc Rivers. Uh, it, I don't know. I mean, what can I say? It, it's, it's, it's just, funny okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna chime in here i'm gonna take a bit more of a positive approach just to balance the room here i'm gonna say it's a layup uh for for a couple reasons as much hate as doc rivers is getting for not uh getting his team over the top he's got some cachet in the league in the locker room there's a chance he might connect with some of his players there's a chance um also too daryl morey you you guys are talking about the current team right daryl morey was brought in What's, what's his MO? He, he swings to the fences. He rebuilds the team on the fly. He, he takes shots, getting rid of current players, right? So who's to say this team this year or next year will look the same, right? So this guy was brought in to make things happen. So you're right. The current roster is a little – it's top-heavy with the contracts and the, the big contracts aren't performing. Um, and, uh, yeah, Ben Simmons don't have a J. And uh, no, no GM or coach can change that. So, uh, but I, I don't mind the hires. I, like just from like these guys are respected in the league, so there's a chance they could make things happen. All right, next one. Next one. Um, the Rockets hiring a rookie general manager and a rookie head coach. 
when they have two MVPs on their roster? Funds. I'll say that's a layup. Please explain. I say that doubtfully. Because in terms of coaching, for at least James Harden's, the the style of game that Houston was trying to play, it doesn't really get much better than Mike D'Antoni. Like that was that was like the pinnacle of of what they were gonna get, at least currently in the league, in terms of coaching. So I think bringing in a bit of fresh blood to kind of switch things around and test the waters, I don't think it'll hurt. I think that any other coach that they brought in for the from the league from around the league would already come with baggage attached or previous expectations or, or history. But I think that bringing in something new and fresh might just be a good idea, but it also might be a flagrant because Westbrook, if he stays in Houston, he might not necessarily feel the same amount of respect for them as he did for D'Antoni. And that could cause quite a problem. Okay. So I got to chime in here. I'm sorry. This is a flagrant. Um, this is not working. No, no, no. Okay, like a week after these guys got hired, both James Harden and Russell Westbrook won out. Tell me how this is a layup because these guys, they're, they're two stars that Paul Silas is, or uh, is that his name? Or maybe he's Paul Silas's son. He's a Silas, Stephen Silas. I think that's his name. He's like, yeah, we're looking forward to coaching these guys. And okay, now the guys want out because they don't know who this guy is and they have no respect for him. So no, it's not a good, not a good hire whatsoever. Uh, they should have kept Dan Tony. That's what. That's all I have to say. Brandon. Um, slam dunk. Slam dunk. Because I think what? this is what the owner wanted. It's it's they got what they wanted. They wanted both guys out. They're starting the rebuild. So it was his passive way of saying, either you stay or you're gone, right? And he knew they're going to leave. So. That's why they're rebuilding. That's what the owner wants. Okay. No, it's a good coach if you want to rebuild because that's where they're going. Uh, Levon or Levon. I mean, I really like Brandon's take on it. I'm going to go with a layup. And to build on what Brandon said, if this is the vision that they want for the team to rebuild, it definitely makes sense. And I really don't have any thoughts on the matter because I know it's controversial what's going on right now. Will they be able to deliver? But the thing that, looking at the entire situation, what what is there to lose? <laughs> what is there to lose right now? You know, they're going to come on and it's a controversial pick, but has the bar been set so high for them that we're expecting them to make a championship run next year? There's nothing to lose right now. If they're rebuilding, it's a good pick, and we'll see where we go from here. There have been many other GMs that have um, picked coaches. They've done wonderfully. Some of them crashed and burned, but I think this one will be successful. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so uh, we got a couple more. We're going to speed it up a bit for the sake of time. But there's a Phoenix Suns uh, reunion going on on the Brooklyn Nets coaching staff. They now have Steve Nash as their head coach. Mike D'Antoni's their assistant, and Amari Stoudemire as one of their assistants. What are your thoughts, Brandon, on the Brooklyn Nets recreating the, the 2000s Phoenix Suns on their bench 
instead of on the court? I would say it's a slam dunk. I think this is really good to, it's really to help um, Steve Nash develop as a coach. Obviously he has a lot of respect and admiration for um, D'Antoni. So I think it's a good move. Again, what do they have to lose? It's the Nets, right? Cool. I'm going to go, I would go slam dunk, but I don't think an Amari Stoudemire is a coach. Like he can still play. So I'm going layup. I like the Dantoni. I like having Dantoni as your bench when you're a rookie head coach. This, the man knows his stuff. Um, Amari Stoudemire, uh, I don't know. I would take like Boris Diaw or Roger Bell or some of these guys, but I don't know about Amari Stoudemire. Like, like the guy is a little bit eccentric. Great player, ten years ago, not so much a coach. Levon, I'm gonna go with the layup. Same as before, what do we have to lose? We're in the operating table. We need the lungs. <laughs> and uh, they're giving a patient. And what are you going to say? No, I won't take it. So it's nothing but up to go up from here. I think Stoudemire, who knows? Probably sometimes they can relate, especially with these young guys now. Some of these guys are coming into the league from straight out of high school, 18, 19, 20. Sometimes it needs somebody to relate to. Steve Nash is definitely a bit on the older side, so probably have a good cop, bad cop scenario going on. We'll see what happens, but I think it's nowhere but up. Okay. Fonts? Oh, it's a straight slam dunk match. Come on. The fact that D'Antoni was willing to, to come in, to come down from a head coach to an assistant coach, he knows something's going on. He knows something is about to happen. And I, th- I, I don't like, I'm not a fan of Kyrie or Kevin Durant as individuals, but as a team under tutelage of not only Steve Nash, but also Mike D'Antoni. And then you add Am- Amare Studemeyer, who Mike D'Antoni is somewhat passive. Steve Nash is somewhat passive. Amare Studemeyer is not passive whatsoever. Buddy will straight up... T- Tell it to them how it is and how it needs to be told. So I think that he'll be a good balance for Nash, whereas maybe Nash isn't willing to go on the aggressive side with the guys, but I think Amari Sotomayor will, where he's still younger and he still kind of feels like he has that player status, I think he'll be the one that'll be able to like whoop the guys into shape when when they need to be to be told told off. Right. Fair enough, man. Yeah, I mean. I stopped rooting for Amari Sotomayor when he did, started going like Cam Newton and getting the Lenny Kravitz hairdo. It looks it looks good on a rock star. It doesn't look as good on an athlete. You know what I mean? You got this thing bobbing up and down as you're running down the court. Yeah. I'm, I'm more of a fan of a fade, but that's just me. Um, so like the man who bobs a helmet up and down the court. No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Yo, man, you, you never seen a man alley oop dunk in a game with a helmet on, all right? Until I was <laughs> I okay, this is a backstory to this. I have a I have a concussion history and I wanted to play so bad, but I still had a concussion. So I I strapped on a bike helmet on a full court game. And uh we was balling, man. Nobody wanted to guard him. That I never <laughs> I never had such a clear lane to the basket. Are you kidding me? But buddy's, buddy's like 200 pounds driving to the rim with a football helmet on. It wasn't football. Get on my way. Yo. Yo, man, I, I gave up all respect at that point just for the 
I had to play the game. Then you got that little foam one. That was better. Just cause I got all the complaints, you know? <laughs> Anyways, so we go to the next one here. You know, I'm, I'm going to skip this one. No one wants to talk about DeMar DeRozan. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, you want, okay, you want to talk. Okay, we're going Lakers trade rumors for DeMar DeRozan. Fonz. I like it. Let Buddy go home. Let him play in his hometown. Maybe he'll start playing the way he plays at the Drew League. Uh, <laughs> he's, I mean, he's got talent. He's got skill. But he's not a franchise player. He does have the Mamba mentality. He's, he's as sharp as they come, but he's not a franchise player. Now, if you had him on the court instead of, say, Danny Green, you've got just about the same package, just a bit more physicality and a bit more size. So I think that maybe for the past few years – he's been focused on as a franchise player. I don't think he's ever been a franchise player, but I think that if you put him in the second or in the passenger seat and you have quite a few drivers like LeBron or Anthony Davis, I think he could be a good fit. Even if he comes off the bench, I think it would be a really good fit for him. I I'm going to jump in here and call it a layup. No, sorry, not a layup foul. What am I talking about? First of all, he's not in the passenger seat. He's in the booster seat. Uh, Cause he's got no jump shot. And uh, so if you think the Lakers had shooting problems, um, now consider them trading some of their shooters to acquire this guy. But he is, he is a, a creator, and he's got a solid mid-range J, so I'm going to go foul. Levon? Um, it's hard to pay for this one. If anything, I have to say a layup. I mean, we have people on the bench that are doing nothing. <laughs> Definitely he's better than JR. So I, I mean once JR is on the team, we can swap for anyone at this at this point. <laughs> so I that's as far as I will I will say for that with DeRozan. He's a good player. Um he hustles. He if you need to if you need to get something done, he'll get it done. You know, he won't take the ball and run on the other side of the court like JR. So once you're not JR and you come on, I'm good with you. Brandon? Slam dunk. I think it'd be a great idea. He's an upgrade from KCP, Danny Green, all these spare parts. Um, and I think he would have that juice to want to do something and prove that he's not, you know, that he he is worth the money that he's getting paid. And to go back to LA, I think it's a great combination. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we go to our last one, and this is the one that I've been waiting for because we have a LeBron. We have someone in the camp of LeBron James in the room with us. LeBron saying, I want my darn respect in his championship speech. What is your take on that? We're going to start with Fonz to set the stage here, and then we're going to hear what LeBron says. Congratulations to all the Lakers fans. You, you, you've waited for it for a long time, and you've finally gotten it. Um, I think, I mean... Yes, a lot of people did doubt him, myself included. Uh, so to a certain extent, he does have the right. He, he, he's got bragging rights. I mean, he won the chip. It's the same as Toronto. Nobody respected Toronto. Nobody saw Toronto as a contender until they actually won the championship. 
Um, but at the same time, buddy, you perform plastic surgery on your team. Like, what did you expect? So, sure, I have it. He deserves to gloat. All right, Levon. Take us home here. Thank you, Fonz, for mentioning that. Thank you, Fonz, for being honest. <laughs> no one respected the Toronto Raptors at all. As a matter of fact, Drake was the biggest player on the team. We know that on the court and the sidelines. But when they got that chip, Toronto then got their respect. When LeBron went to the Lakers, oh, LeBron's tired. He's retiring. He's just going there to make movies. He wants deals. He's not, he, he's lost his drive. He doesn't have that energy, that vitality. You know, you know what ESPN said. <laughs> but he secured the chip. He takes care of himself. And unfortunately to all the natives out there, it's not his last. <laughs> we're getting number five and we're getting number six. Six guaranteed. I can't say above six. And say we are getting six. So, I mean, it was a beautiful thing to watch. There's going to have that asterisk, as you mentioned at the first, with the coronavirus. But I know for <laughs> the fifth ring, LeBron getting it. Fonz, Chapin, Brandon, we are getting that fifth ring. That's it. I rest my case. <laughs> you know what? Put some respect on my name. It's Put some no, respect <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I said your name wrong a few times, too. Like, uh, anyways, I, I don't even know how to respond to that. I'm just going to defer to Brandon. Come back to me. I need to think about my words. Um, I'm Again, I'm a big believer in just waiting till the end of somebody's career to look back and look at the totality of everything. Because sometimes we just get a little bit fixated what's going on currently and not remembering, you know, the past and things like that, right? So... Just to borrow a bit of a thing from the NFL, you know, with Tom Brady, I, I continue to not say that he is the greatest of all time as the quarterback because, you know, he's got six titles. He has the most, but I just want to see how this final part of his career goes. And then we'll determine if Tom was the greatest quarterback ever. So it's the same with LeBron. Let's just keep, keep it going. And just to see at the end, if he really is the greatest. All right, um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it's a flagrant. No, no, no. Because <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, it, 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 it came, I, I was shocked he said that. It, I was surprised. Like, I didn't expect him to go up and say, you know, I want my, my respect. Like, I, maybe after his first championship, right? Like, this is his fourth championship. He holds, like, the NBA leads in a lot of categories, and he's creeping up on everything, right? So who's not respecting him at this point? Right, like, how much more respect does he want? Don't, don't. What he's saying is, I want you to s- confirm my own opinion of myself that I'm the best who ever lived. I want you to confirm that I have the biggest ego and I'm the most arrogant player out there. That's what I want from everybody. But I just, I'm not prepared to say that. It, it, is he one of the best? Yes. Is he the best? Let's wait and see. But why, why do why are we even having this conversation right now? Like, wh- why does he have to go up on the podium? Like, why didn't he just say, like, you know, I want to thank my teammates, so I couldn't have done without it. But no, he's like drawing attention to I'm I'm the greatest player of all time. I want you just, you know, so it's flagrant. I, I just want to say to those of us, uh, to those of you who are so graciously joining in and are 
aren't able to see what I'm seeing right now. The tension in the Zoom chat room is very, <laughs> very high right now. The the faces that Levon was making during uh, Chapin's previous statement were gold. I really wish you guys could have seen that, but. <laughs> I, I, I would like to make a comment, please. Please, please. That's um, why you're here. <laughs> it's so It's so controversial because on one end, you can have false humility, but then you can speak from the heart because let us be real here. There are certain... <laughs> There are certain people, no matter what LeBron has done, if LeBron right now, which is an impossibility, gets eight rings, they will still browbeat him. They will say he's nothing. They will bring up his previous losses. They will say he's, he doesn't have that Mamba mentality. He's not, at the last 10 seconds, he's not the one to take the shot. So is he the best right now? And they, would be, they, they would be correct. <laughs> as, uh, Chapin, as of November 14, 2020, in the national in the NBA, who is the best player right now? I'm not saying this because I'm a LeBron fan. He is the best currently. Is he the best of all time? I do not think so. One okay. Obi has passed. So once once someone has passed in a tragic death, they're not shared in your heart. That it was if you even compare yourself to them, it's heresy. So I, I think no matter what, Kobe will always Kobe and Michael Jordan will always be. He's always gonna be potentially number three or whatever the case be. But Michael Jordan and Kobe, Kobe has now been seared in as number two after his death. No matter what has happened, no matter how many rings LeBron ever gets. But he's right, he wants a little respect. We can say when we thought he went to Lakers, everyone said he was washed up. Whoever says he didn't, whoever said they don't, they think he wasn't washed up, I don't believe him. He got the back. I thought he was washed up. Okay. No, you know what, Levon, that was, Levon, that was a perfectly reasonable take. It's more reasonable than I thought you were going to be. <laughs> um, first of all, and here's my problem with it, though. It was reasonable, but that's not lo- what LeBron wants. Like, he he won three after his third ring. He, he declared himself the greatest of all time. So what do you think he thinks about himself now, winning four, right? And he doesn't care that Kobe Bryant has passed away. I mean, he cares, obviously, but he still thinks he's greater. He thought he was greater than Kobe Bryant before he won this title. So that, that hasn't changed because Kobe Bryant's tragic death. He still thinks he's the greatest. He still thinks he's better than Michael Jordan. So I, I, I'm happy to hear that you're of, of a sound mind, but I, yeah. I, have, I have my concerns about LeBron James himself. We needed Levon on here before, like in the in our last four or five podcasts when the season was still going, because it was yeah. really unbalanced. All of our our nobody on here liked LeBron until now. We needed Levon well, on here before. All of our LeBron guys were all busy, you know, with with yeah. life, you know. But <laughs> but so we had to outsource someone from uh, the United States, Virgin Islands. But uh, we, we found we found a LeBron supporter, so we're <laughs> a needle in a haystack. <laughs> no, no, there's a lot out there. there. It's probably at least 50 50. It's just for some reason our crew isn't, but uh, it's at this cooler. point, but it's you know cool. what? We're gonna have some people soon from Cleveland, and they're all LeBron guys, so oh, it's, it, it, it's, it's about to get lit. <laughs> Tune in for the next few podcasts. Me and Fonz are gonna. Have our backs get in the corner fighting. 
between a rock and a hard place yeah man so so we're gonna move on so we now we have the 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 draft is coming up next week so we're gonna do a mock draft we have our commissioner commissioner brandon commissioner brandon ryer to the podium and with the first pick of the 2020 nba draft the minnesota timberwolves select anthony edwards guard six foot five out of georgia freshman this guy okay this guy he's got some holes in his game right unfortunately with this draft there is no complete player there's no zion there's no john moran there's not even an rj barrett but we got some some ballers so this guy projects to be like a donovan mitchell a Dwayne wade um you know a james harden type body it, like he has the most potential he's athletic he's built like a tank he can uh he, he shot a low percentage and there's there's questions about his commitment and defensive ethic which is which is why i wonder why he's projected to go so high but but universally he's like people are saying he's number one and just looking about like this draft class i gotta agree man like and with minnesota they got a combo guard in d'angelo russell so that rules out some of the other guys like Lamelo ball they have a center so they, they don't need james wiseman so i'm going anthony edwards minnesota timberwolves And with the second overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors select Jalen Smith, 6'10 power forward out of Maryland. I think they need some strength. They need some big dudes who can power through. They, they, they've got a lot of small ball, they've got a lot of shooters, but I think the, the Warriors need to kind of. The small ball is done. We saw that small ball is done thanks to what happened with the Houston Rockets. We saw that small ball is done after, I mean, now with the decline of the Golden State Warriors. But if they can, if they're going to go up against the Lakers and have a chance, they need some big dudes. And at this point, they don't have any really good big dudes. So I think that a rookie with size, weight, and strength would really be a good help for them. And with the third pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Lamelo Ball. Oh, that's easy. Um, six foot eight, guard, um, averaged like 18 points a game and seven rebounds, seven assists in Australia, which is a grown man's league. He only played like a dozen games, but he he showed up as a teenager, and he's got a lot of question marks with his his family, but you know. Lavar is kind of shut up a bit and let Lonzo play. So um, it'll be an interesting dynamic between Michael Jordan and Lavar Ball, but that's that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the best talented player. And Lamelo, uh, Charlotte, since they got rid of Kemba Walker, has a hole in the in the backcourt. They try to fill it with like Terry Rozier, um, but Lamelo's got a little bit more upside. So I'm going Lamelo, and also two questionable pick questionable pick at number two but we're gonna trust fawn's basketball acumen and say that he knows what's gonna happen and it's a bit of a reach but we'll you know you know he, he all good gms once they get their guy they they go for it if he's on the board and with the fourth overall pick in the 2020 nba draft the chicago bulls select rj hampton 6'5 point guard 
At this point, the Bulls really need to take a look at what their priorities are because they're one of those teams that seems like they really don't have a set plot in terms of direction. They don't look like they really want to rebuild, but at the same time, they don't really seem like they're doing too well with what they have. So I think bringing some fresh blood in um, in terms of the possible future. I mean, RJ Hampton... If you watch his mixtapes, you you see his, his scouting reports. He has the potential to maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but in a couple of years, be a very key player in any franchise. And with the fifth pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select. Well, I didn't expect James Wiseman to be on the board at this point, but... That being said, Cleveland's got Andre Drummond. So I'm going Obi Topin out of Dayton. Um, one of the most ready-to-play, plug-and-play prospects. He has the athleticism of Amari Stoudemire, if not the height. He has the J of P.J. Tucker. Maybe I'm, I'm just I'm saying that. But he's got a solid – like he's shooting 40% from, from downtown, like putting 20 points up a game, 10 rebounds. Uh, he's got some bounce. A little bit of Aaron Gordon, a little bit of Amari Stoudemire. You know, he, he'll do like a under the between the leg dunk in the middle of a game. You pull out a 360, you'll do a windmill. Effortless athleticism. Um, questions about his lateral, lateral, his lateral mobility. We'll see if he can defend. Um, but just his offensive upside makes him enough for me at, at five. The sixth pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Atlanta Hawks select. Denny Abdijah. The only reason I pick him is because he's, at this point, the only fit for Atlanta. They need a small forward badly. And I think that he, in terms of talent, um, he's one of those players that has the staple... European style gameplay and I think that that would be good for Atlanta because they have a lot of young guys they've got Clint Capella they've got Trey Young so I think that they they have a lot of speed and athleticism but I think that bringing in a bit of technique and finesse would be a good addition to their roster with the seventh pick in the 2020 NBA draft the Detroit Pistons select James Wiseman out of Memphis, seven foot one, 240 pounds, seven foot four wingspan. He only played three games in college because he opted to prepare for the NBA and he also got suspended for a violation. But his potential is off the charts. I, I would have thought he would have went to Golden State number two, but Golden State uh, had other plans at the top of the draft. He's available. Detroit's loving their luck. They traded Andre Drummond. Uh, which uh, left minutes for Christian Wood, who emerged, but he might sign elsewhere. Um, so they have a big gaping hole at center right now. James Wiseman, some compare him to like a, a Chris Bosh, uh, DeAndre Jordan type player, but with skills. So, I mean, yeah, this guy's, he's going to be good. And with the eighth pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select. Cole Anthony, 6'3", six, six, out of North Carolina. <laughs> He's a beast, man. 
And he is exactly it. If you, he plays like a grown man. Like if you watch his mixtapes, if you watch Buddy play, even in like leagues where he's playing against adults, Buddy is a grown man, and he's been playing like a grown man for years. And I think his grit is exactly what the New York Knicks need. Because you know what? The New York Knicks got nothing. They don't need another passive, flashy dude who's going to come around and try to put them back, bring MSG back into the spotlights. What they need is somebody with grit, somebody with passion, who's going to rough up all these other dudes, what New York used to be. So... I pick Cole Anthony. Fair enough, man. I, I love I love the pick. I would have liked the Suns to draft someone like him. The problem is he's only like 6'2", so I, I don't know how many people he's going to be roughing up, but he does play with some grit. Uh, and second of all, there's more MSG in my Chinese food than there will be people in the garden this year. So, and sec- third of all, they got, they got an athletic point guard like Dennis Smith Jr. on the roster already. Trash. Who- but skill set very similar. Trash. I don't know. Okay. He's okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a couple more quick segments. Basketball IQ, Levon. <laughs> so basically, I ask a trivia question. If you get it right, I got to do something ridiculous. Uh, Fonz, can you p- think of something? The question's going to leave on here, but I have a question. You have you have the IQ question. I have the IQ question fine i got the question too though, oh but... okay oh okay oh we we'll... had a challenge oh okay I, I picked it last time so it's it's go ahead i got a question for levon go you ahead. can ask me one too i'll get it right i'm not concerned about me getting it right <laughs> i'm concerned about levon getting this question right but we need a challenge <laughs> we need a challenge for me though if if he gets it right is because there's a good oh. chance there's a I, I think there's a good chance he gets this Nah, you guys are gonna expose me now, bro. <laughs> Tell me, hit it. No, we need the challenge first. Oh, you want me to ask you the question? No, no, no. Fon- no, no, Fon- no. Fonz is gonna. I'm thinking of a challenge for okay. Chapin to do if you get the question right. Fonz Brandon, is gonna put the stakes up. Brandon, do you have any suggestions? There's there's a lockdown in in the province. <laughs> I cannot leave my house. There's no lockdown. You just can't have people over to your place. All right, fine. Give me a challenge. What do you think, Brandon? Well, I think last time we said a blindfolded dunk, so we can't do that now. That's kind of rough. That's that's rough. You know what? We have like three weeks worth of rain coming at us. I want to see you. I want to see you dunk in base layer in the rain. What is base layer? Like like base layer clothes. So like underwear? Thermal. No, thermal, bro. Come on. What is what is that? Is that like snow gear? Sure. Okay. So put on a winter parka and snow pants and try and muster up some athleticism after not <laughs> playing basketball for a year and try and dunk outside in the rain when it's two degrees Celsius. All right. With the helmet on. With the helmet on. <laughs> Perfect. That's my specialty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Levon, you better get this right because the fans are gonna pay to see that. So here's oh, Brandon, you're amazing. All right, here's the question. Cue the music. Cue the music. Um Levon. You're born. 
in the Virgin Islands. Also, home to Tim Duncan, although not on the same island. So that inspired the question, how many rings does Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, David Robinson, and Tony Parker, the Spurs' original big four, have combined? Is it A, 12, B, 15, C, 16, or D, 18? Twelve, fifteen, sixteen, or eighteen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm starting to get nervous. I think he might get this. <laughs> I'm not prepared to do the challenge. <laughs> 16. Is that your final answer? No. 18. Is that your final Eight. answer? Yes, that is incorrect. That is incorrect. <laughs> the oh, answer it's... is 15. Oh. Uh, Tim Duncan has five. I know oh, five. Tony, Tony Parker and Manu have four. That brings us to 13. And David Robinson has two. One in 99 and one in 03, which brings us to 15. I thought he had more than two. I thought he had more than two. That's one. Oh. Thank goodness. Oh. I, I didn't really didn't want to do a dunk with snow gear on and a helmet in the ring. <laughs> I don't need, I don't even think I got hops anymore. Uh all right, so we go to our, our last segment, last word. It's just hard being a fan of you know the one that shall not be named. I'm just here trudging along, I'm being attacked left to the right, to the front, to the back. The arrows are coming all over the axes, <laughs> you know, the sword. But I look forward to this next season. Um, it's going to be interesting seeing these teams built. I'm really looking forward to the next. I want to see what how Kyrie and Kevin Durant interact with each other. Um, who's going to really be handling the ball? Of course, they say Kevin. So I'm really looking forward, looking forward to that. That's the really highlight of my friend, my brother and sister. Um, this podcast has been really good, guys. Um, this is my first real sports. Um, podcast i really like it you guys do an excellent job and that's pretty much it you know brown fan looking forward to the next see how they interact and thanks for inviting me hey man anytime thanks for joining us levon and uh for levon fawns brandon i'm chapin saying good night <laughs> thank you for tuning into vancouver hoops we'll see you next time see ya <laughs>